Hello and welcome to the Film Pulse Podcast. This is episode number 307. My name is Adam Patterson. With me today, we have Kevin Rakestraw. Hey, Kevin. Hey, what's up? What's going on? Hanging in there. I got a Kia. Yeah. What's How's uh, how's the Kia treating you? Uh, it's, uh, it's pretty exciting to be in the present day with everyone else. Got like a lot of tech. <laughs> The old in my car. Your old car had a eight track. Did yeah, you, yeah, did you yeah, have no. the cassette deck where you would have to like use the adapter to connect it to a CD no, player? I did, but I I had a CD player, but I didn't even have like an auxiliary jack. Ah, uh, so and it, I on top of that, my CD player and radio didn't work anyways, so I had nothing actually. But that was like my wish list for my new car was I was like, I, I, I wanted to have an auxiliary jack. And my wife is like, yeah, I think they all do now. Yeah, we're beyond that now. <laughs> yeah, I was just like, cool, cool, cool. All right. So it's got all kinds of like linking up. I'm linking up Bluetooth. Nice. Yeah. All sorts of stuff, man. It's so you wild. can listen. It's so you can listen to podcasts and stuff do so many things podcast it up on your way to work man that's what i do i might you just you never know you never know what i'm gonna do listen to podcasts on the way to work and then you know some days i want to switch it up and listen to some music and then i've just put on some music on my way to work grooving out just just switching back and forth it's great put it on shuffle maybe i get a podcast maybe i get some music who knows (laughs) It's just be wild. wild it's a, just Friday. a crazy surprise. <laughs> <laughs> just shuffle it up every Friday. You don't know what you're gonna get. <laughs> just imagining like Aesop Rock, and then the next song is just like an introduction to the newest podcast. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's, wild, it's like a B, it's like a BBC ride, expose man. on Syria, <laughs> and then you then you hit next, and it's Run the Jewels. <laughs> Uh, uh, this week on the show, we'll be talking about Sebastian Silva's Tyrell, along with someone we're watching on the watch list in this week's new releases in theaters, VOD, and Blu-ray. Thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, not a whole lot of housekeeping to go over. We are going to be recording our next episode of, of Saved by the 90s today, actually, as we're done recording Ooh. this. So don't have a release date for that just yet, but it'll be very soon. Stay tuned for that, and if you want to keep yourself informed about what we do on Save by the 90s, just follow us on Twitter, at 90sPod, and uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. I am really looking forward to talking about the movies that we covered. <laughs> oh, man. They're Christmas movies, but they are Christmas yes. movies I've never seen before, I've never heard of them before, and they are... All treasures. Yes. Let's talk about Tyrell. Now, I saw this. I, you know, I'm not even sure where I saw this. Sundance, I think. I think you're probably right. Yes, it was at Sundance, and so it's it's been a little bit. It's been almost a year since I've I've seen this. I watched it again this week. It is out now in limited release. Uh, Kevin, I think we'll start with you. Oh, sorry. I have a synopsis here. Tyrell, a sole black man, attends an otherwise all-white weekend of drunken bro debauchery on a birthday trip 
to a cabin in the Catskills. I'm not really sure about that. Why, why does it? Because his name's Tyler. I, well, and I think that's the like that's what they're they're playing on. So you think? Okay, so whole, you th- like he's a black man, and they're just taking it even further. They're putting it into the the title of the movie, and then even the synopsis. Well, no, I knew because like when that guy with when that guy you know first meet somebody's like Tyrone because they're not expecting a black guy to be named Tyler. Yeah. No, I know that. I just didn't know if they, they're very fully committed to this. I didn't know if they were doubling down <laughs> and putting it in the synopsis as well. And, or if it was just an error on whoever wrote the synopsis. No. And it's interesting because it's not like no one ever calls him Tyrell in the movie. This all seems like a like a an elaborate joke, well, I th- or like an elaborate statement. Yeah, I mean, like, but like the the poster and the synopsis and that kind of stuff is like okay. Like the it seems like a a lot of wasted energy. But does he say does he say Tyrone or does he call him Tyrell? At the he calls him Tyrone. Okay. No one ever calls him Tyrell, I don't think, unless it's like some offhand thing that you can barely. No, I don't. Hear. I don't think so. I, I think they all call him Tyler after the the first yeah. time where the guy gets the name wrong. Exactly. So, so there's a lot invested in this <laughs> in this whole premise. Yeah. So, what did you think of uh, Tyrell overall? Initial thoughts. Um. Initial thoughts is I see what you're saying when like when we first discussed this movie and you're like I don't I don't know if I have really a lot to say because this movie really truly is just kind of setting that up Tyrell this character being on this all white weekend and something's gonna happen but nothing ever happens and you're just like ah Sebastian you got me. You fucker. But I, like at the same time, like as I was watching it, I never really got a sense that there was, we were teetering on the precipice of like some racial incident. I was just more so concerned. Like when a the drunken people with the machete <laughs> showed up, I was like, someone's going to get hit with that machete. Yeah. Cause they're blindfolded. Someone's getting that in the face. And just like, I never really felt the tension. Like the, the, I never really felt like something was going to happen. I think more than anything, it was the, the feeling of awkwardness, just the, the unease of the situation. Like you really, you really felt what Tyler was feeling in, in the situation where you're just like, Oh my God. Like so much of it was just cringe worthy. Like I'm sure that most of us have been in situations like this before. And I can say without a doubt, if I was Tyler in that situation, I would be, I would probably do what he does in the movie. Like he did, he did the perfect Kevin. Yeah. (laughs) I've done this numerous times. I've I've been there. I've, I've been there. When you've done that, <laughs> just you go on. I, I've been there. Gone. Maybe I've done that too. <laughs> Maybe your friends text you like an hour later, like, "Hey, what happened?" Yeah, to you? I, I do it now sometimes, where you just you stealthily leave just the leave. situation. 
It's the easiest. It's the easiest way out. Honestly. So aside from the the racial element, I was feeling just the awkward, uncomfortable moments of this this guy who he's friends with one of the people, and mm-hmm. he doesn't know anybody else. And there's like eight other people at this cabin. They're they're going there for a boys' weekend. It's one of their friends, uh, played by Caleb Landry Jones. It's his birthday, so they're going to celebrate. And he doesn't, Tyler doesn't know anybody at this thing. And they're just, they have a level of comfortability with each other. You know, they're all, they're all best friends and they've known each other forever. So there's like all these inside jokes and they are saying things that they wouldn't probably say in public around other people and there's this like level of comfortable camaraderie that they have with each other that Tyler is not familiar with and he doesn't (laughs) as a result it makes everything feel very awkward to him and that's on top of the fact that he is the only black guy in this uh, very white group of people yes which is illustrated by the the REM. Yeah. Which I thought was a nice little bit. Yeah. They love that. They love their <laughs> REM. Like, <laughs> they're like going nuts on REM. Just him sitting in the corner. Like, what the fuck is going yeah, on? Yeah. It was like, did it was like, does he not know REM or does he just find the, the fact that they are so in love with the stand or whatever this, that song <laughs> name is like just utterly ridiculous. I do have to say, whoever did the, I think the 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 highest point of this movie, um, is the casting. This is perfect casting because you have Caleb Landry Jones, as you already mentioned, which he just makes things uncomfortable just by yeah. He up. could he might not even have any lines, and he could just show up in a scene, and. Anytime the camera is pointed at him, you instantly feel uneasy. <laughs> and I don't know, I I hate to say this about the guy, but, and I don't know if it's just because of Get Out or maybe Three Billboards or anything, but anytime he shows up, I'm just going to be, I'm just thinking to myself, he's going to be racist at some yeah, point. He's, he's going to. I just, I don't know why, but I just get racist vibes. From he's him. going to say something or do something that is horrible. Because that's yeah. pretty much his character in everything, except for except yeah. he's, a, he's just he's, he's a moody he's a moody guy. Except for maybe in his role in the Florida Project, he was a normal person in that, but he was in it for one scene, yes, which was weird. Well, that makes it even weirder, doesn't it? Yeah, because <laughs> now you're just like, are they really burying it to really surprise us? And then you have, I mean, Christopher Abbott. I mean, that's the perfect bit of casting because he does that. And there's that little bit like the first night where he's like calling Tyler's son. Mm-hmm. Like he just has that, like, you're trying, like, are you trying to be black? Like, what are you doing? And he's done that always in most of his mm-hmm. movies. And then to use that here, I thought was perfect. And then to just throw it all out of whack with Michael Sarah showing up. And just being weird as fuck. Yeah, I liked uh, I liked all the casting and stuff. If you're familiar with Sebastian Silva's other films, 
you have a really good idea of what to expect with this with this movie like crystal fairy and even nasty baby and magic magic they all sort of have a very similar vibe where there's a little bit of comedy there's a little bit of sort of un uneasy suspense that's in there for some reason and and the funny thing is like with tyrell there's no reason for you to feel that suspense there's nothing threatening about what's happening on screen but uh, at least for me i did feel that that unease like is something gonna happen here (laughs) like and i think that's just the the power of suggestion really just the way that it's set up you know that you know it's all you know the current climate and then it's an all white male weekend and you have tyrell air quotes the lone black man and you're just like well something's gonna happen but nothing really yeah and the funny thing is these are people these are pretty like inoffensive white dudes these are not like frat bros or anything these are seem to be educated liberal white dudes and even even at that level they still feel uh somehow threatening to to Tyler. Yeah. And and it's also interesting because the whole time you're thinking cuz they never do anything that's like overtly racist. You know, they never they never do something that is overtly offensive. In fact, a lot of them seem to be cognizant that there is a black guy in their midst and they're trying to not do things that offend him even though well, and I think that's the that's the subtlety of it is that you have the back and forth where they're a bit too cognizant of it that they're trying really hard not to offend, and then there's some bits where they try and act like they're not cognizant of it, so they go a little bit on the other end of the spectrum, you know, of like Christopher Abbott being like, "Yo, son," you know, that type thing where he's like trying to be. You know, like, oh, it's not an issue. And it's just like they're they're always dancing with that. And then obviously Tyler, we who I don't know if we've mentioned Jason Mitchell does a great job as Tyler. He's just always kind of like just caught like in the fray of like this is just weird. Yeah. It's just this whole thing is odd. And like you said, most of it is because he doesn't know anyone except for one guy. And then you throw that stuff on top of it just makes it. And then he's out in the middle of nowhere in the Catskills. Right. And then you throw in the heavy amount of drinking and weed smoking. And essentially what happens is he, he overcompensates, right? So he's feeling awkward. He's feeling like, ah, you know, they're, I'm not, I'm not really into like playing these weird games that they want to play. And I want to loosen up. I want to fit in with the group. So he starts drinking more, but then he overdoes it. And then he gets a little bit too comfortable with the situation and starts to lose control of himself a little bit as a result. Yeah. And I think that that's another pretty common thing that that happens with people. he, He essentially starts like trying to play a role. He wants to be a part of this. But it just, it doesn't work. No, 
No, it doesn't work. And you're just kind of like at the end of the movie, you're just like, thank you guys. Just clean up. Let's go home. I don't want to spend any more time with you. And the funny thing is these, all these guys are probably decent people. They're all, they're all probably decent people, but in the time that we spend with them, we can't get away from them soon enough. (laughs) Like they're, they're just, they're too much. It's just way too much. And I wonder like, yes, you know, if we, if like, let's say you and me and a bunch of our, our high school buddies got together and had a night of drinking and partying. Would somebody else think that same thing about us? I don't know. Oh yeah. No, that's it. That's it. That's with everyone. There's always that, the, the, that insular quality to it, to like friendships and stuff that you're, if you're a person from the outside, like looking in or overhearing, it's just like, Oh, you fucking kidding me. These guys are insufferable. Give me a fucking break. Because, you know, you're laughing at, like, the weirdest, most, like, obscure thing that no one else would know outside of, like, the four of us or the five of us. Yeah, exactly. It's just, it's like, it's a, it's a club thing. It's weird. You have this history. Yeah. And you don't know how to act. Like, even with Tyler, when he was, like, you know, he takes the that little sip of a hot toddy. And he's like, oh, don't burn yourself. And he's like, oh you know, kind of like a hits him back with that. And then he's like, Oh, he kind of gets a little bit offended. And it's like, if you're with your friends, friends, like you can be mean as shit and none of us care. Yeah. And I think that, I think that's, that's part of it too, is like when you're with your core group of friends and you're talking shit on each other and giving each other a hard time and good fun, it could be easy to, do do that with someone who is in the group that that hasn't been in the core group for a long time. Oh yeah. I mean it's so easy to pick up on those signals. And I think that it exacerbates things even more the fact that he is black and you have this undercurrent of you know him probably thinking are they are these people racist? You know, or do they have a problem with me or, or are they just like culturally insensitive or are they just ignorant or is it, is it just, you know, harmless? What? Well, also like that culture is completely yeah, different. That's, that's the you thing. Know, it, like, is, it is, it there is a culture <laughs> clash that's happening too. You know, did, did Tyler's character grow up listening to REM? I doubt it. Like, I don't yeah, think and we we see that he knows the worst of RM song. <laughs> we see that with like the uh, the conversation they have about the grits and how he puts sugar on the grits and everything. And this is just something that's so foreign to everybody else. Like they never heard of such a thing, which is weird because it wasn't like it was it was polenta. It wasn't grits. Grits. I don't know. I'm not a fan of grits. I've never, but and I've never, I've never. I've never tried to put sugar in polenta. That just seems really weird to me. What did you think of the scene involving Ann Dowd? So at one point, Tyler leaves and ends up, he's completely shit-faced. He ends up at the neighbor's house. Uh, the neighbor's played by Ann Dowd. Not necessarily, I guess it's technically a neighbor, but it's like a ways down the road because they're like sort of out in the yeah. middle of nowhere. Like miles. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, again, this kind of plays into the whole idea where it seems like an elaborate joke on the viewer because 
it feels kind of pointless except for the fact of like the quote unquote reveal that happens there. Yeah. And it's just like, Oh, but what do you think? So I I was thinking about this. I I didn't really think about the first time I saw it, but I thought about it uh, this week when I watched it again, the, the desired effect of that scene. I think it was to fuck with you a little bit in the sense that like, he just wanted to get away. Right. And then the reveal happens and you're you're thinking or maybe you're supposed to think like oh he should he should feel welcomed but it's not like at this point in time it's not about race this is a like a 20 something year old dude showing up at 11 o'clock at night drunk as fuck who gives a shit about race like get the fuck out of my house it's that type of thing you know like yeah <laughs> even it doesn't matter who it is. If it's 11 o'clock at night and they show up drunk at your house with this giant fur, in a bag, <laughs> you're going to be like, get the yeah, fuck out of Yeah, and it's a stranger house. too. I mean, they, they don't really know him. They met yeah. him once. Because, yeah, I think it was supposed to play into this like, oh, you know, other black people. But he's a shit-faced dude at 11 a.m. in the morning. Interesting movie, though. I... I, I thought that I was going to have a really hard time watching it a second time because it's, it's an unpleasant film. It doesn't necessarily make you feel good. It, it just kind of gets under your skin. But uh, I really, I, I think I came out of it enjoying it more than the first time I saw it in Park City. I think it's one of Silva's best, actually. I think it, it's, it's a subtly complicated movie. Which it feels weird because at the end of it, you're just kind of like, all right, I, I, I see what you're trying to do. I don't know if that was really worth it, my investment. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it is oddly worth the investment. I don't know. It's, it's, a, it's an odd movie. It is. I, I think you talked about the casting and how good the casting choices were for this, but I think that the performances are really great all around too. Everything feels unscripted. I have to imagine that most of this was not scripted. It seems like an outline type of movie because yeah, they just, the conversations are incredibly natural and they just, they're like shooting the shit. And I will say that the, idea that they that these guys were just slowly getting drunker and drunker as the day and night wore on uh everybody just completely nailed that that look and that vibe of someone getting progressively drunker especially Mm -hmm. especially jason mitchell that when he was like at peak wasted uh like yes (laughs) the way that he looked and acted like I, I could feel it. Like I, I felt what he was feeling, what or what his yeah. character no, was feeling the, like, <laughs> in those moments. That's yeah, because you got that level of drunk of like where like your soul looks back yeah. at you, where it's kind of like, dude, what the fuck? And you, you and doing? you have that that just uh, that innate need to shower. Like oh, I just gotta take a shower. Yeah. <laughs> like that's gonna somehow make it better. Like. I I, it's gonna I just need a out. shower. It's going to pull me out of this turpin. Yeah. I can feel it. I just get the water running. And I just me. love how he has 
10 seconds, 10 seconds of peace before Caleb Andrew Jones barges in and starts taking a piss right next to him. And I do, again, on top of that, how he plays that off and how he gets pissed off Mm -hmm. in his shower. (laughs) Uh, I also love how he immediately formed a bond with the dog because that is also something that I've done in awkward social situations where there's like a pet where you feel too awkward to like really participate with the group of humans. So you just spend your time with the animal in the house. Yeah. I've that's so much easier. Sure. <laughs> There's no awkwardness. Yeah. I've definitely done that before. All right. Uh, let's give this thing a score. Uh, I'm going to give Tyrell a seven out of 10. Okay. I'm, I'm thinking probably the same. I think I'm against it like six and a half, seven. All right. If you want to check this out, it is playing in limited release right now. I would, I would give it a look. I, th- I think, uh, I think I saw some quote that said it was like the scariest non-horror movie of the year or something like that. Yeah, it is. And it's almost, it again, it feels like the joke is really, really deep. Like it wants critics to be like this year's get out just a just it, it feels like it's fucking with people yeah it it does it does feel like it's fucking with people by even throwing kill landry jones in there like it, that's how deep the joke goes i kind of appreciate it for that i know that's that's what i mean like as an elaborate thing it's great like as an actual viewing experience like the actual movie just going just watching it it's okay, but the, the layers around it make it something else. Yeah, completely agree. Uh, all right, that's Tyrell. Let's move on, talk about something we're watching on the watch list. Kevin, I believe we'll start it with you this week. What's, uh, what you what you been watching? Uh, last night, I watched The Rider by Chloe Chow. And not too long ago, I saw her... I think it's her first movie, uh, Songs My Brother Taught Me. But The Rider, ooh, I've been hearing good things all year. And I was a little iffy on her first feature, but this one, oh my goodness, it is so good. And this is naturalism at its finest. Uh, a bunch of great performances from non-professional actors. And they actually like incorporate things that are happening in their lives in the movie itself. So like the main character uh, played by Brady, Brady Drandrew, um, he's a, he's a rodeo guy, bronc rider. And he actually has this horrific brain injury where horse stomps on his head, busts his skull, pops his brain out. They got to do massive surgery, put a steel plate in, and in the movie, like in the very beginning, when you're introduced to this guy, he's popping out the stitches, the real life sutures in his head to check out his scar. And it kind of just goes from there about him kind of like living the cowboy life of, you know, got to grit up and toughen up and just do it, that type of thing. But he has a very massive brain injury, which he can't do those things so over the course of the movie it's just him kind of coming to terms with that as a young man that 
you don't get to be a cowboy anymore. Like you don't get to ride horses. You don't go to, get to go to rodeos. You don't get to do any of that. And just the way it's done is is phenomenal. Hmm. Uh, all right, I'll have to give this a look. Well, the, and there's two other things to this. There's he he's like a real life horse trainer. Like he's a real life rodeo guy, and he had this injury, and they kind of just incorporated. And he's also a real life horse trainer. So there's there's a couple of scenes where he just he breaks horses. And it's just kind of done in real time. And it's just, it's a marvel to see, to witness of him just like taking this wild horse and just breaking it and calming it down and getting to ride this horse. And then the other thing on top of that is like one of his friends is uh, Lane Scott, who another like real life rodeo guy that had a traumatic injury, who is completely disabled and they just they utilize him in the story where like he helps him with therapy and he goes and talks to him and stuff. And his real life sister has a disability too. And she plays herself. And it's just, it's, there's a lot of tenderness in this movie and it's, it's fantastic. It's heartbreaking, but at the same time, it's hope. Uh, and that's the writer. All right. Uh, oh boy. What didn't I see this week? I've been playing catch up big time. So, been seeing a lot of stuff. Saw the front runner. This is a movie that's coming out. Uh, it's the new Jason Reitman movie with uh, Hugh Jackman about Gary Hart. Oh, okay. Gary Hart is a former senator from Colorado, and he was the he was the front runner for the 1987 uh, D- Democratic presidential campaign, and he. Uh, he screwed up, man. He had an affair, uh, and it became a scandal. And the interesting thing about this, it became a huge scandal. And in this day and age, it is easy to forget that there was once a time when politicians and their personal lives were not news. Like that was not something that people talked about. It was not something that news outlets reported on. You know, so if there were accusations that, you know, Kennedy was sleeping around on his wife, it was not something that was reported on because they were like, well, that's his, that's his personal life. You know, we leave, we leave their personal lives out of the news. Well, it was different with Gary Hart. This was the first time that a, a scandal like this became news and was reported on and it resulted in him having to drop out of the, the race and it, uh, which is really unfortunate because his, he was, uh, very well liked and he had a lot of really great progressive ideas and he probably would have made an amazing president, but he, uh, had an affair and it came back to bite him in the ass big time. This was right around the time when the 24 hour news cycle was a thing, you know, it was, and that's sort of what caused all of this to happen. Yeah. Cause they just, they needed, yeah. they needed content. Yep. And it was one of these deals where, you know, one, one news outlet re- reports it. And then the others are like, well, we have to, you know, cause if we, if we don't, then, they will, and we got to stay on top of this. And 
you know, what happens if we're the only ones that don't report on this and blah, blah, blah. Uh, good movie. I didn't love it. Uh, it looked really good. Uh, the, the way it was shot felt very authentically eighties. Uh, I really loved the, the look of everything in this movie. A lot of great performances. Hugh Jackman's in it. Uh, Vera Farmiga plays his wife. JK Simmons is in there. Alfred Molina, Sarah Paxton, uh, Mike judge is in it and he's really good. Toby <laughs> Huss, who is amazing in everything that he's in. Kevin Pollack, lots and lots of people, Bill Burr's in there. Anyway, I would say light recommend. It's not going to make it on my top, top 10 list or anything like that, but it's pretty good. Another one I saw is the wolf house, which, uh, it's not on movie anymore, but it was on movie at a time caught up with it. And this is a Chilean animated film, which, Oh my goodness. This for me as of right now is the best movie of the year for me. Hmm. It is. It's mind bogglingly good in the sense that it's almost uh, distracting on first watch, like the craft of it, because they utilize an entire house. Okay. To tell a story, they animate an entire house, like stop motion animation with paper mache and puppetry and all these things. So they have the kind of this 3d animation with the paper mache, like big structures, sculptures and like 2d animation where they have like kind of chalk drawings or paintings on the wall. And they'll actually have at times where the two interact with each other. So there'll be like a, like a ball that's on the wall. That's kind of rendered on the wall. as just a, a painting of a ball, but then it's thrown out into the room and then a ball shows up in the room and then it goes back onto the wall. Like it's, it's insane what they're able to do. And it's all done kind of in real time, but obviously not real time, but uh, like it's, they show construction, deconstruction and reconstruction, like all of it together. Like they don't cut any of that stuff out. So if you have a paper mache person that is lifting their arm, you will see the arm being like deconstructed and reconstructed through the movement. Mm. So it doesn't cut any of that stuff out. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? So you'll see wires and stuff that's being utilized in order to make this happen. And it's just, it's insane. It's a whole house that they do this in they wreck an entire house just destroy it painting hmm very interesting it's 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 incredible and that was on movie so it's probably pretty hard to get now since it's not on movie but that's the wolf house you might be able to because they now they have that uh the the renting the rentals on movie so it might still be in the rentals okay check it out if you can I saw The World is Yours. This is directed by Romain uh, Gavras, the guy who did, uh, oh man, what was that movie called? Our Day Will Come. Our um, Day Will Come. Yes. The one with uh, Vincent Cassell. Vincent Cassell is also in, in this movie, The World is Yours. This is a crime thriller, and it's about a 
a drug dealer who is, he's trying to get out of the life. He's, he's selling drugs, but he wants to get out and he decides that he wants to buy an ice pop factory and sell freeze pops to people in Africa. So he wants to open up an ice pop factory in Tunisia Mm -hmm. and to do that, he needs to have a bunch of money and he, he thinks that he has money, but problem is his mom was managing his money and she ended up spending a lot of it. So he doesn't have any money. So he's got to do this one big job to get enough money. Always got to do yeah, that one job. Of course. Of course. And the movie's awesome. It's got this. Now, if you're familiar with this director, he comes from music videos. He directed a bunch of music videos, very accomplished music video director. And this movie, sort of like um, Our Day Will Come, has a little bit of a music video quality to it, where there's like lots of slow-mo and very stylized, uh, very meticulously framed shots that just look gorgeous. And it really works in the favor of, uh, of this movie because this is sort of an over the top grandiose movie about drug running. And there's like all these colorful characters and there's just so many ridiculous things that happen. It's a little bit of a comedy too. There's a lot of humor in it and I really, really enjoyed it. I think it's well worth your time. It's on Netflix. Uh, Netflix picked it up and released it. So yeah, this is another one of these movies. I did not know that. Why does Netflix yeah, keep doing Yeah, I this? had no idea that this came out on Netflix. And it's marked as a Netflix original, too. So they're, they're the ones that put it out, at least in America. And it came out on November 30th. And the only reason I even what? knew about it is because somebody mentioned it on Twitter, that it was out. But And you know what's funny? The same day, the same day, on November 30th, they released Timeshare, which is another fantastic movie i saw it at sundance this year great movie you know maybe worth looking at for like top top lists at the end of the year and yet that got no no mention no nothing either that's weird because like i i I knew that he had a new movie out and you know the way that my mindset works in rural pennsylvania i'm just like oh That'll come to me in, you know, eight months' time. I didn't know it was now on Netflix the yep. whole time. It's been just sitting there for a couple weeks now. What else is sitting there, <laughs> you know? Well, Timeshare, for one. I think you'll really like Timeshare, and I think you'll also like The World Is Yours, because uh, bo- both are just well, great and just horribly I'm just, I'm mismarketed. Gonna have to take a, I'm going to have to take a full day at just going through Netflix, just trying to glean as much as possible from that yeah good luck good luck with that what else is that well you know what else <laughs> yeah exactly it's a whole day you know what they also the, what they don't do it would be so easy if they had a filter option that could you could organize by like chronology at least you know like there's just there's no sorting options well, well and there was before a a moment in time they did do if you got on the main page it would be like recently added and then you could click that and it would show you what they just See, added 
like within the last couple of days, but it seems like they got rid because I haven't seen Okay, so images. on my app, I use an app, the Apple TV app. And on that app, they do have recently added. But uh, I... Like they're not years. listed. I I went through because I was like, after I found out that this movie came out, I was like, oh, I want to give it a look. So I go to the recently added because I read the tweet like maybe on the 30th and then I didn't get around to wat- watching the movie because I've been busy with all these other movies. I didn't get around to watching it until like Thursday or Friday or something. And I forgot the title. I was like, oh man, what was the name of that movie? So I go to recently added and it's nowhere, nowhere to be seen. It's ridiculous. I know, I know that we bitch about Netflix a lot on this show, but it's still frustrating. What else you got? I have one more and that's first reform. Oh, the one everyone's been talking about. Paul Schrader action. Finally getting to it. Like, you know, months later after everyone's done talking about it. Here's Kevin waltzing up. Hey, I saw first Late to the form. party as usual. <laughs> uh, when, and I kind of told you about this, right? You know, the, the floating, the floating bit. I was pretty much completely on board with this movie. And then the floating thing happened. And there's the initial float, right? Where they, they, they come up off the ground and uh, Honestly, I was just sitting there kind of like, no, 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 don't do this. Don't do this. And then the background changes, right? That's what took me out of it. Like a, Yeah. And that's where I was just like, no, 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 don't, no, don't do the universe. And then they do the universe and then they do it. The tire, the tires. Things. And now that, yeah. And now they're not necessarily floating anymore. They're flying, which just ill-advised. I'm sorry. It was it was a terrible decision. It was just dumb as hell. So all that happens, and then they kind of come back. It lasted longer than I thought it should, but it didn't last long enough that it ruined the movie for me. And I told you, everything else about this movie is great. Now, when I told you that, slightly lying, because I still had like 20 yeah. minutes left. And then I got to the end, and the end is also dumb as hell. So the floating bit and the ending, dumb as hell. Everything else, really great, really great movie. It's just two things that happen that just. Mm, I really like this. Puts me in a tough situation. Yeah, I, I really liked First Reformed. I don't know if it'll land on my top ten or anything, but definitely enjoyed it. I, I mean, that for me, like the the visuals, the aesthetic of it were just really on point. I loved the the aspect ratio and the, just the symmetry of every single shot. Like every shot yeah. is perfectly My, symmetrical. He, and I just, Oh man, I loved it. And Ethan Hawke is, that's fantastic performance. He really, I, I, I don't know. Like if it wasn't him giving that performance, I don't know if this movie really would have worked. For mm, me at yeah. All. I, I'm thinking of like who else could fill, who else could fit that role? And, I, I can only see him in that. Him. Yeah. All right. So that's first reform. That's out on, on Blu-ray and DVD and VOD at this point. So you can, you can check that out. I got a couple other things that I'll mention quickly. Uh, wildlife. This is an, uh, the one that was, uh, it's Paul Dano's directorial debut. 
It takes place in the 60s in Montana. It's about a 14-year-old who's just growing up and dealing with his parents who are, they're, they're dysfunctional. Parents played by Carrie Mulligan and Jake Gyllenhaal. Jake Gyllenhaal is, uh, works at a country club as a sort of a, he's not a caddy, but he like, he's like an assistant on the, the golf course. So he's like shining shoes and stuff and he gets fired and he ends up taking a job as a, a firefighter fighting, fighting the wildfires. And okay. he has no background doing this. He has no skill in doing this. And he just decides, you know what? It's going to go fight this fire. And he tells his family, like, I'm going to fight the fire. I'll be gone for a couple months and I'll come back in the winter after the snow puts out the fire. And uh, it, it essentially breaks Carrie Mulligan. She just has a complete nervous breakdown because of this. I think that their relationship was already pretty strained, but this was like, that, that was it for her. So she ends up going a little cuckoo and starts having an affair with this, this older gentleman. It seems like at first she's sort of doing it for money, but then you're not really sure. Uh, really good movie. I, I, I enjoyed this quite a bit. Uh, the, I liked the, the sixties vibe to it. It looked, it looked really good. And, uh, I would say good performances all around Carrie Mulligan, obviously the highlight. She's just fantastic. And I would say it's a light recommend pretty, pretty good, pretty good debut from Paul Dano on this. Again, not like top 10 material or anything like that, but still a a solid. This is, this is, and can I admit Mm -hmm, something mm -hmm. here? This is a movie that like when it played the festivals and stuff and people talking about it, I do not want to see this ever. I I didn't either. Uh, the only reason that I gave it a look is because, uh, a, I got a screener for it and I was like, you know what? I'm just going to, people are talking about it. So I, I, I got to give it a fair shake here. I mainly watched it for performances, but yeah, I, I, I originally had no interest in it either. I feel like this year there were a lot of movies that I keep getting confused with one another. Like there's this movie and then there's like those 14 movies with, uh, the dude from mid nineties, <laughs> like what's the ones like Ben is back. And then there's like two other, oh, yeah. like all of these movies, they all feel the same to me and I'll get them all straightened out at some point. But, uh, all right. I saw venom. This is directed by Ruben Fleischer. I don't even, I'm not even sure if I realized that at first. Is he a real person? Do you think he's a real person? I, I think he's, he's a real person. It's just a name. It's just a name. I think he's a real person, but I feel like he's really had a hard time gaining his footing in uh, in in the industry. Because after Zombieland, I feel like just everything was downhill for him. Pretty much. Uh, Venom was not good. I did not really enjoy it that much. There was there were some moments. The action scenes involving Venom were great. I liked the design and look of Venom. I thought Tom Hardy was good in it. Michelle Williams was underutilized and her character was horrible. And that's really all I have to say about Venom. Not not great. 
<laughs> I mean, I I'm down for a sequel. Like it, they're going to be doing something interesting with the sequel. I think judging from the post credits stinger on this, uh, I saw assassination nation. This is the movie about a, a town that all, all the residents of the town, uh, have their phones hacked and all of their texts and emails and pictures and everything get leaked to everyone else in the town. And it essentially causes everybody to go crazy. And they believe that this one uh, young woman is responsible for it. So everyone in the town essentially mobs up and goes to kill, goes out to kill her and her friends. And it is directed by Sam Levinson, very violent movie. It's, a lot darker than I expected. I sort of thought that it was going to be this like badass sort of maybe revenge movie that's over the top and fun. And it does go there sometimes, but for the most part, it's a uh, pretty depressing and there's a lot of really rough stuff that happens in this movie that, that sort of really prevented me from, from really kind of, uh, being able to recommend it, I guess the last one I'll mention is border. This, this came out uh, just a couple months ago. It's, it's a Swedish film about a woman who, mm, I don't don't even know how to describe this movie. She's a, she's a border guard. She has uh, an interesting look about her and she ends up meeting this guy who also looks very similar to her and they sort of fall in love. And there's a, there's a a little bit of a fantasy element that happens here. It's a, it's a very gross movie. It's sometimes very sweet, but the kind of gross moments uh, for me, at least outweigh those, those tender moments be that as it may, I don't think you'll see a movie quite as unique as this, this year. It's, there's nothing quite like it. And it's not a movie that you'll forget anytime soon. This is Sweden's official entry for the, for the Oscars this year. And there's no, absolutely no chance in hell that they would ever get nominated just because of how the Academy is. And as I was watching this, I was thinking to myself, like, it's such, it's such a shame that movies like this aren't going to get recognized because there's only one foreign language category and there's all these other like powerhouse movies that are just like dramas, you know, like Cold War, for instance, that will overshadow uh, a really unique and creative vision like this. And it's, it's a shame. But Border is one that I think... <laughs> I, I, actually, I don't know if you'd like it or not, but it's something else. Uh, have you heard much about this? Are you, are you familiar? No, but uh, it does seem odd. Seems like yeah, odd. there's this sort of... She ends up helping police track down this pedophilia ring uh, because she has this heightened sense of smell where she's actually able to smell emotions on people. So she can smell like guilt and fear and anger 
so as a as a border guard she always knows when someone is hiding contraband like hiding something yeah uh there's a lot of really weird stuff going on in this movie there's a there's a very graphic and strange sex scene that i can almost guarantee you've never seen before and there's lots of maggot eating in this movie too so people that get uneasy with like gross uh bug eating and stuff yeah you had me and then again you kept the main thing from me until the very end and then dropped that out of nowhere and just took me out. Sorry. Just the, the, the maggot thing for 2018. It's just like, I'm done with maggots. I'm done. Yeah. It's uh, it's a little rough. And then they like, there's, there's, we get it. There's gross. scenes where they like grind them up. They like put them on a plate and like grind them up and then eat them with a spoon. No, stop. I don't know if they're maggots or if they're just mealworms, though. Like they're mealworms. they're mealworms. Yeah, they might be. But mealworms. often in movies, they use mealworms in place of maggots instead yeah. of using real maggots. Either one. I'm sorry, mealworms, but I think of you as maggots, and you're both gross. They they might be considered maggots. I don't know. I don't know what the deal with mealworms is. They might be some sort of larvae. I don't either. And I'm not. No, I'm not either. Into it. Cause then I have to like see pictures and shit. And I don't, I don't, I can be ignorant to that. Uh, either way that's border. And I, I would, uh, I would recommend checking out border despite the maggot eating that occurs. All right. Let's talk about some new releases. Kevin, I think you're going to have to list the theater Oh, releases this week because rotten tomatoes is not working for me and it is working for you. This is this is a lot of responsibility for me. It's it is. Just take your time. <laughs> we'll get through it. I can do this. <laughs> uh, we got with December twelfth. What's that? Like a Wednesday? It's a Wednesday, yeah. I think. That's Once Upon a Deadpool. Looks like a Deadpool Christmas movie. He's riding a reindeer. Rudolph. Yeah. Th- so this is the PG thirteen version of Deadpool two that they made. Why? They what? re so they recut it for PG thirteen so younger audiences can see it and they added a whole bunch of footage. Okay. Because obviously they had to cut out a lot in the regular version, so they replaced it with stuff. And one of the things that I find most interesting is that they they bookend it and they structure it like the Princess Bride and they get Fred Savage back in his role from the Princess Bride. For real? And yeah. Is Rudolph in it? Like on the poster? Because Rudolph's on the poster. I don't know. Ah. Uh. I don't know what the I don't know what all they added and changed. Uh I also read that one of the the only one of the stipulations with doing a PG thirteen version uh with Ryan Reynolds was that a portion of the Ticket sales had to go to a charity. So, okay. and they agreed. So, a portion of the tickets goes to a charity. I'm not sure which one, or maybe it's a few different ones. Yeah, but that's good. I liked Deadpool 2. Not enough to go see it again in this version, but I'll check it out when it comes to streaming, certainly. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, 
Next one, December 13th, Bird Box. Netflix movie, Sandra Bullock, Bird Box. This is that one that's sort of a dystopian sci-fi one, right? Where it's like Mm -hmm. everybody has to have their eyes covered or something. Because if you like It looks as though, yeah, everyone has some cloth over their eyes. Yeah, because if you see something, it turns you crazy or... Oh, damn. I'll go to look. That's Bird Box, Netflix. And then we have Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Very excited for this one. Is this the one that everyone's kind of... I've seen a lot of good things about this. This is the anime yeah. movie, right? Yep. Everybody's buzzing buzzing pretty hard about this one. And I, as soon as I saw that first trailer, I was like, all right, I'm 100% in on this. The animation style looks so cool. They did yeah, such a great job with I it. I do like the animation there. It, it almost reminds me of the the Peanuts the Charlie Brown movie that they did a few years back where okay yeah yeah it was CG but it also sort of had a almost a hand drawn illustration vibe to it mhm i really like that style and i and i'm i'm really excited to see this i like the the spider verse story arc in the comic books is really cool uh i, I didn't read the whole thing but i read a little bit of it okay. and I'm really excited for this. Been All hearing right. nothing but great things. Well, that's good. That's good. It has a 99%. One that does Blair. not have 99%, it has a 38% as of right now. And that's Mortal Engines. Ugh. With the, the cities that are like big mechs or something. Yeah, they're like moving mm-hmm. cities. This is also a dystopian future one where like the world was inhabitable or something. And then like, so some cities would are in the sky and some are on the water and some of them are just driving around, around. just cruising. Yeah. Just it it has sort cruising. of a steampunk vibe mm-hmm. to it. It does. A little bit of a steampunk vibe. It just looks kind of overwhelming with all the 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 CG. I'm just I, I'm not in, I don't think this looks no. very good at all. There's movies like where it's just like it's too much. Like it's all fake. I can't handle it. Didn't you have uh, Clint Eastwood's The Mule? Nope. No, thank you. There's there's something about that movie that I feel like is probably very overtly racist. Oh, I'm like, sure I just, it is. I just get a lot of racist vibes coming from that movie. It's Clint Eastwood. Uh, <laughs> then there's the house that Jack built. With Matt Dillon being a serial killer. I want to see this, but... The this is the R-rated version that's coming out this weekend. So they they played the unrated version for one night only. And Christ. Yeah. And I was supposed to go to another screening that night. And I decided to not go to that screening and to go to the house that Jack built. Well, guess what? It was sold out everywhere. Uh, So I I ended up not going to either one. That's going to like, is that going to be a whole thing now where we got like. PG rated versions of R rated movies, and then you have the unrated version of an R rated movie, and it's all well, special. And if you, you remember, and- yeah, I mean, if you remember back in the in the earlier days of DVD, that was a thing. Remember, like movies would come out and they'd be like, "This is the unrated director's cut on DVD." Mm-hmm. 
So like you'd have movies like Spawn that would come out and it was like, oh man, that's the unrated version. So oh, see that one. Like that was the selling point yeah. for DVD back in the day. I don't know if I've, I'm sure that it's happened sure. before where they yeah. do like a limited release of an unrated version. One night only seems, it was, I think was kind of shitty. Yeah. But I do, I did read that they are going to be selling it so you can buy the unrated version, but you can't rent the unrated version on VOD. Jesus so, Christ. yeah. So yeah. in theaters, it's going to be the R rated version. You can rent the R rated version on VOD. It's a whole but fucking thing. Yeah. You have to buy it if you want the unrated, which You're just I will making be doing. it overly complicated. I'm sorry. I'm not doing any of that. Not well, that's it. Lars von Trier, so what do you expect? It's just the yeah, gimmicks. Give me a break. And then uh, the last one, which I think is my most highly anticipated movie of the year, is that uh, If Beale Street Could Talk, which... Yeah, this... Oh, this I, been, comes, I hope it comes here. Uh, I don't know what the release schedule is for that. It's been... I think it has this like staggered release where it's been coming out. I think it's playing here now. Oh, I'm but. sure it is. I'm sure it's been playing there for like the last three months. I think I'm going to get it like the first week of February is my guess. <laughs> Maybe. For like a one, it, week, it, one week. If you from, get it at all. <laughs> in one theater. And it's going to have two showings, 12 o'clock and 7 p.m. <laughs> That's it. Uh, well, I hope you get it. I hope that you can see it on the big screen. I want to see it so bad. It's definitely one of my top movies of the year. It it's just it's just so nice. It's just a nice movie. It makes you feel good. Like it's sad, but it it's still such a great love story. All right, that's, that's it, it for that's theaters. Yeah. All right. Let's talk about some VOD. On the 11th, we have Ghost Box Cowboy. We have a review for this up on the site. This is the one that's sort of a docudrama that features David Zellner as a a Texan who is taking his app idea to Shenzhen, China to try to sell it and make his millions. Ooh, nice. I'm I'm interested in this. It sounds sounds pretty good. I've been keeping my eye on it. Uh, I can't remember where that premiered. Might have been Sundance. <laughs> Got Skate Dog. It's uh, about the skates. Please tell me. Yeah. Yes. Everyone, everyone in Tommy's life, his sister, his dad, his neighbor, even his dog is an awesome skateboarder. Yes. Everyone except Tommy himself. Yeah. Got Leprechaun Returns. This is the, what they did with the Leprechaun series. This is a direct sequel to the original one. The one with, I think came out in 94 with Jennifer Aniston. So this is one that takes place after that one. So they sort of did like what they did with Halloween okay. with the Leprechaun series and Just did away forgot. with all of the many other sequels. Forgot about Leprechaun in the Hood 1 and 2 and Leprechaun in Space. <laughs> it still gets me every time. <laughs> Leprechaun in Space. I I think I'll be I think I'll be watching this this afternoon possibly. Oh, I know you will be. Oh, I know. <laughs> uh, I, I have it. I haven't watched it yet, but I heard it wasn't good. I heard it was pretty bad. But and it's not going to stop you. 
You're going to no, watch I'm, it? No, I'm going to watch it. I'm going to watch it. We got Scarecrows coming out. That's a horror movie. Guessing about Scarecrows. I hope so. We we have Islam and the Future of Tolerance. I think that's a documentary. We got... I imagine. Yeah. Cannibals and Carpet Fitters. Sounds like uh, some kind of horror comedy. It sounds like a like a slight goof. Mm-hmm. Might be slightly goofy. A little bit of yeah, silliness. Yeah, like, like, a, like a Tucker and Dale yeah. type movie. Just going to try and fit some carpets. These, these carpet fitters fighting off a bunch of cannibals mm-hmm. with their, their carpet fitting tools. That that knee gun thing? Yeah, the knee thing. Oh, that's yeah. exactly what I was thinking of when <laughs> so I said that. Let's get that right in the face. That, knee, that knee thing. <laughs> uh, all right. Then on the 14th, we have Maine. Slightly interested in this one. It's a dumbass title. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, no, it's a dumbass title. I've seen worse. Yeah, but we have how the, the fuck you even search for that? That's a really good question. <laughs> we have The Quake. This is a disaster film that I'm actually somewhat interested in. I believe it's Norwegian. It's a Norwegian disaster movie. Okay. It looks pretty good. It's about a huge earthquake that hits Oslo. Ooh. We got Backtrace starring Sylvester Stallone <laughs> and Matthew Modine. Backtrace. Some crimes never let you go. <laughs> That's going to be awful. Uh, it looks, yeah, it looks pretty rough. On Blu-ray this week, we have Maniac coming out. This is a Blue Underground special edition. This is a 4K restoration. I recently did a review on the site for Zombie, Lucio Fulci's Zombie. Blue Underground put out a, a restoration of that. Very high quality. This, I, and I imagine that this is going to be the same. It's a three-disc limited edition with the new restoration. It's probably loaded with features. One of the discs is the uh, soundtrack CD. They did the same thing with Zombie, where one of the discs is actually an audio CD of the soundtrack. Okay. But Blue Underground... I'm not too familiar with their stuff, but they've been putting out these really great limited editions of these sort of cult horror movies recently, and they've all been very high quality. So maybe give that a look if you're into Maniac. I don't love it enough to pick that up. (laughs) Maniac's just really disturbing to me. Uh, Let's see. Evil Dead 2 coming out on 4K. Mm Mm-hmm. That's uh, the first of probably 25 4K releases of Evil Dead 2 that I'm sure we'll see over the next couple years. Correct. Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the next generation, finally coming out on Shout Factory. Uh, any of you that are fans of the, the Scream Factory and Shout Factory releases will probably know that this has been delayed for like a year, maybe? Probably not that long, but... Just delay after delay after delay, and they're finally releasing it this week. So I'm very interested to see what is packed in this thing because it's been a long time coming for that. We got the Equalizer 2 coming out, little Denzel action. That one kind of came and went pretty quickly. Dude, I still, I'm still kind of interested in seeing this. I know it's going to be bad. 
I know it's going to be. Yeah. Cool, but it's Denzel. Yeah. And he's going to be fucking people up. So. Yeah. Yeah, I might give it a look. I like uh, Arrow, Arrow is putting out Django from 1966. This is the Franco Nero classic. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably worth picking that one up. I'd like to see what Arrow does with that. It looks like they included some other films on there. Okay. In addition to Django, we got Silent Night, Deadly Night 2 coming out. This is the collector's edition. Is this, uh, are we in October? Like, why is it? <laughs> well, Silent Night, Fuck. Deadly Night. It's a Christmas horror. Oh, yeah, movie, that's so. true. That's true. It just that seems like fits. everything that you've been. It's all horror, all, yeah. Yeah, it's all horror movies. Yep. Uh, Peppermint coming out. That's the one with Jennifer Garner. That's sort of the. Like Death Wish, John Wick. About that movie. Yeah, wow. I heard it was. I heard it was not great. Arrow is also putting out uh, De Niro and De Palma, which is a collection of yeah. Robert De Niro and Brian De Palma's early films, including The Wedding Party, Greetings, and Hi Mom. Yeah, so I would. Uh, yeah, that one. That one looks. That one looks interesting. Toy Soldiers from 1991 getting a Blu-ray release. Remember 4K? Toy Soldiers? Get a 4K? 4K? No, it's just regular Blu-ray. Oh, fuck that, then. I love Toy Soldiers. Big fan of that movie. Sean Astin. Do you remember that movie? Uh, yeah, yeah. I remember it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, so, I'm sitting out to 4K. Gotta get that 4K. So good. Uh, the Mangler from 1995. Okay. Getting a re- Blu-ray release. I, I just saw that for the first time recently. It's... It's a decent movie. It's pretty fun. Uh, Smallfoot coming out on Blu-ray. That's that's a really quick turnaround time for Smallfoot. I feel like that just ended up in theaters. Uh, My Neighbor Totoro is getting a 30th anniversary edition. Oh, hell yeah. I just bought that. I, yeah. I have this on. Yeah. I have this on Blu-ray. Uh, the Disney, the Diamond Edition thing. I don't know what edition that I got, but I got it from my Well, this sisters. one this one comes with a CD and it looks like it comes in some sort of special packaging. Ooh. I don't know what makes it better than the last edition that came out though. Uh all right. We got Galveston. We got I don't have anything Jesus to say about that. Jesus Christ. How many I know there else do we have? These are these are <laughs> We're I'm not even five like, minutes into this shit, dude. <laughs> I'm not even like halfway through this. We got oh, Lizzie Lizzie coming out. We got Death Ship from nineteen eighty. We got Colette, that's the one with Kira Knightley. Got a little bit of buzz behind that one. Ice Cream Man from nineteen ninety five getting a Blu ray release. Hmm. Vinegar Syndrome's putting that out. That's the one that if you go back and listen to, I think it was the last Ryan Watches movie we did, or very yeah. second to last, maybe. We had him watch that one. Uh, I Still See You coming out on Blu-ray. Await Further Instructions. That's a, nice, that's a pretty cool little sci-fi horror film that came out earlier this year. That's coming out. The Wild Boys. Um, dear God. Sergeant Stubby, an American hero. That's the animated one about the dog in World War One, I, I think. Uh, Psalm Three. That's the uh, documentary series about sommeliers. They made a third one. Mm-hmm. A third. 
I st- I started watch. I liked Psalm one a lot, and I started watching the second one, but I was like, nah, I I can't get behind this anymore. One was enough. River runs red. It's like an action movie with Tay Diggs and and uh, John Cusack, George Lopez, Bitter Melon, and that's it. What about Criterion's this week? Oh, we're done. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we got Samuel Fuller's 40 Guns from 1957, starring Barbara Stanwyck. So you got that one. And then you have A Dry White Season. And this is from 1989, directed by Uzan Palsy. Uh, at the, made at the height of the, the anti-apartheid movement in South Africa, starring Donald Sutherland. That's cool. two you got. That's that's it. That's what you got. There's only two. I only had to name two while you did like 148. Well, I guess that's what happens and when you do the theatrical releases that had to even out somehow. <laughs> it's just so many goddamn DVDs coming out. Well, last week Christmas there was like time. nothing. There was nothing on Blu-ray last week. So this week. I know. It's like, what? What? Did, why don't you take some of the stuff that you're putting out this week and maybe put it out last week when people were Christmas shopping? Yeah, I guess they think that it'll sell better closer, closer to the time. Because I think maybe, maybe, the, maybe Blu-rays are like a last minute gift item. Like, oh, what do we get? Uncle, Uncle Ned. Oh, he likes Westerns. Let's get him that Sam Fuller movie. There you go. You know? I don't know. It's just a theory. Maybe. Could be. All right. I think that's going to do it for this week. Thank you so much for listening. You can send us your questions and topics to feedback at filmpulse.net. You can follow us on Twitter at filmpulse.net and at filmpulsekevin. If you have a minute, take a look at our Patreon page, patreon.com slash filmpulse. Consider helping us out by becoming a subscriber. For Kevin Rakestraw, my name's Adam Patterson. We'll see you next week. Bye.